Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. I'm Warren Bernard. And we are going to go down a Harvey Kurtzman help rabbit hole here today with Warren <laughs> Bernard's collection. Before we do, I want to invite everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button and that will notify you. Uh, you'll be the first ones in line whenever we show off some comic book that you want to run to uh, eBay or your local comic shop and try to track down. It'll give you a little bit of a head start on the kayfabe effect. Also, if you enjoy the videos, let them play through to the end. That allows YouTube to share our videos with other comics fans who may not be familiar with cartoonist kayfabe yet. But we are here today to uh, to check out one of Harvey Kurtzman's big projects in life, and that is Help Magazine. Warren has a great collection of this material. Oh, and all of them. I'm very excited to dive into this. Yeah, and, and by the way, the, these are things, they're around. You can, you can you know, for very reasonable prices, we're talking 20, 30 bucks a piece, if that much, you can assemble a collection. It might take you a little while, but it's not like they're super duper rare, like the, like the Trumps are much rarer. And I, I brought this. They're much older, also, because, yes. because the this sort of connective tissue between Trump and uh, help was it? Humbug? It was humbug was in the middle. Yes. So th this was put out with um, with Hugh Hefner and Playboy. There were two issues, and at the time, no one knew that this was going to go ahead and foreshadow Help Magazine. And, and I should point out to uh, viewers, we do have a, a video on Trump. Fanographics has, has done a collection of that with a lot of extra material to give you some context for it. And should we, we've that covered link. that. should have that link in the description. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to get everybody just a, a little more familiar with what Help was. Help, Help was a magazine aimed at a very specific audience. And you can tell that audience by the first three issues. You've got Sid Caesar, your show of shows. Ernie Kovacs, who basically revolutionized the way you use video and comedy on television, and Mort Saul, who, by the way, just passed away at the age of like 97 or something like that. And these people, the, your show of shows was like the most, one of the most avant-garde 1950s comedy shows out there. Imogene Coca was uh, a co-star. Ernie Kovacs, you have to watch some of the Ernie Kovacs videos to understand what he was doing and how he was breaking down a lot of the a lot of the more staid comedy stuff that was going on at the time. And Mort Saul was at the vanguard of the stand-up Shelley Berman, Mort Saul, Lenny Bruce stand-up comedians of the time that were very very political and very very social. Now, Lenny Bruce he used more of the language that was not really considered um, fit for the women folk. Um, Mort Saul was less so, but very, very pointed um, political stuff. You can also tell who this was aimed at, because in the back, they went ahead and they showed you records that you could buy through help magazine and, and here and, and by the way this is this is a warren magazine so yes it's so, a james warren magazine so, yes. ja so james warren famous monsters of Filmland, one of the big ones uh for comics readers vampirella creepy eerie uh sort of created an opportunity for a lot of great cartoons to get their early starts but he was also a big kind of collector guy and and had warehouses yeah and had side hustles uh in the back of every one of his books that kind of pointed to the audience uh, of that material right so right and and he and Kurtzman together put together and I, I think this is this is an amazing magazine for many many different reasons and we'll get into some of those so here you see the great comedians of the time Stan Freeberg Jonathan Winters Pat Arrington and here's Lenny Bruce twice 
Jack Kerouac. Well, who are they aiming this at? They're aiming this at the, the then beatnik generation. This is 1960. All right. So the hippies haven't come along. They're, they're, they're still another six, seven years away. And so these were the hip people. Um, uh, Shelley Berman. Uh, and oh, by the way, where did it go? Um, I thought I saw... I guess I didn't see um, Bob Newhart. Oh, here it is. The button-down line of Bob Newhart. And, you know, we all know him from a bunch of TV shows. Well, he got his start, along with all these other people, uh, as stand-up uh, uh, comedy. And then in here, there's also Mike Nichols and Elaine May. Now, people may know Mike Nichols as a, as a great Hollywood, um, as a great director, stage and screen, The Graduate. Well, he and Elaine May, they were, they were fucking hilarious, okay? And doing things that were very, very intellectual, to say the least. And here you've got Jack Kerouac and Steve Allen, Poetry for the Beat Generation. So I just wanted to frame this, that this was aimed at left-wing, hip, urban, socially and politically conscious people. Period. End of statement. And to further emphasize that, there were these... Um, and, and I'll just break out one of these. So th they did these kind of single-page things where they had different uh, uh, different politicians or famous people or silent people doing things, and they put out two, Kirsten put out two volumes of this, and when you go through here, you have to you have to really understand and know what's going on. And the one that we were looking at, so here's Mrs. Franklin Roosevelt and Adlai Stevenson at the um, uh, at the UN. Vodka for everybody. We just landed on the moon, and this is during the space race. So this would have been funny to people. Um, you know, this was this was a big deal uh, because at uh, magazine Mag management company, the, the the Martin Goodman publication, right? There were Stan Lee helmed uh, books, magazines that came out that didn't that would have this approach: photo with like a paste up letter balloon. Yes, and, and of course his level of engagement with his audience far less far less yeah it's so funny to think of because it's almost marvel method give me the art and i'll put some words on it totally. yeah, yeah yeah and so you had to know like like th this is um uh, duke of windsor who abdicated the throne and and his wife who was the commoner and it says at last your highness they were estranged from the royal family and if you didn't know the people if you didn't recognize these people and understand the context you were totally lost now, Gerald Gardner then went ahead and took this format, and he did like five or six volumes of this stuff over the course of time. But basically, um, in here, in help, is where this particular thing got started. And and is this where we first hear the term fumetti? Did did Kurtzman call it fumetti? Like you know that I don't know, but but we'll we'll see some of those. Okay. So I will add one more piece to that. I was always under the impression that a lot of this was used for uh, for cost reasons you right. know because it's it's cheaper to use this photograph than to right. have jack davis do a half page illustration and right. faster so you know it's it's from a production standpoint this kind of allowed you to do this on a little bit of a smaller maybe editorial it's the uh, old staff it's the old school version of shutterstock photo and stuff maybe yeah Just get your hands on some uh, public art but it was innovative because no one had really gone ahead and said, well, now let's just imagine what those people might be saying and, and make a political or social point at the same time. Yeah. So um, anyway, so in here, um, they would have, uh, they had great writers, Olgers, Boudreaux, um, uh, Ray Bradbury wrote for them, Robert Checkley wrote for them. So they would have fiction in here. They would have comic stuff. They would have these um, photo. Uh, Look at Kurtzman going in business for himself. 
Right. Yeah. So it's good he, to be king, man. Yeah, he reprinted stuff from his Jungle Book, which which had come out. So um, uh, I wanted to go ahead and get to some of the more famous stuff. And oh, by the way, speaking of famous, one of the assistants on Help was Gloria Steinem, the the feminist. Well before she, you know, she really came up through the ranks in the late '60s and '70s to basically start that that second generation of the of the women's movement. So she was on the staff right all right so now i think what we should start off with why don't we take these out of the way and why don't we go to the center of some of the greatest controversy that he had and do goodman versus playboy yes okay goodman goes playboy goodman goes playboy kurtzman and elder had started to put together the series of uh, goodman beaver and um this one was put out goodman goes playboy where goodman goes back to his hometown and the people in his hometown is actually Archie and Veronica and Jughead. Well, the the people at Archie Comics were not happy with this <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, because that ain't starchy, you know. And and they already know Kurtzman from 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 those comics, man. So he's a thorn in their side. Right, right. He's already <laughs> gone ahead and jabbed them once, and so the second jab, because of how well they did it. And, and, and Elder is just a master of that. Like, this is the best Archie right. and Reggie that, that you've ever seen drawn. Right, and, and Veronica. Oh, all right. So this caused quite a brouhaha, and lawyers appeared at James Warren's place, and they said, well, um, you really can't not do that. All right. So um, they agreed never to print this again. But being who they were, they tried. <laughs> So they came out, this is I think 1962, with Executive's comic book. And so in here... That is not a Will Wilder cover. They went ahead and they reproduced all of the Goodman Beaver tales that had come up to that point. And so this is, yeah, 62. And so the very last one in here is Goodman Goes Playboy. And what did they do? They went ahead... They went ahead and they redrew panels. Here's what it looks like in the magazine. Oh, yes, right. And here it is uh, in the executive's comic book. It says right here, 1962, an agreement was reached. Warren paid $1,000 and agreed to publish an apology in Help magazine. In turn, Archie released help from specific claims of libel and infringement. And, uh, you know, there, there it is. Uh, in its reprint stage. I still think that this was not good enough because it's not, can we take a look at this just to let people know what this book is? It's a collection yeah. of the Goodman Beaver stuff. Right. That, and uh, Goodman Goes Playboy is not in here. Yeah, Sans, uh, the Playboy thing, it, but there is that article to explain why it is not in there. And then uh, just like the help on the front of Trump Magazine was fortuitous and, and, and sort of foretold uh, the, the future of Harvey Kurtzman's career, Goodman Goes Playboy right. sort of foretells Little Annie Fanny. The the Kurtzman Elder comic uh, tradition of you take Goodman Beaver, put some boobs on him, and uh, you got Little Annie Fanny. Right. So big controversy. They got sued twice, and they vowed never to reprint it again. Which is why, if you pick this up, that's why it's not in there. Yeah. And it's a, it's a phenomenal story. And by the way, those people who have read Little Annie Fanny, um, when you read this, it is exactly that. Yeah, he's it's, just a boob. He, he's, he says it's like a, a Voltaire's Candide. Yeah, exactly. And and by the way, it's tremendous Will Elder. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is 
primo Will Elder artwork. Man, he's making it look like kind of etchings or something. Uh, the, the, the work is like, some of my favorite pages are the ones where he's like going through the city. And, and dude, it's like Sea Quest or Sea Hunt uh, parody. Yeah, sure. Uh, but like the craft level of this stuff. And as amazing as this is large, like they're printing this in little paperbacks. Yes, yeah. right. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Incredible. This is the Superman story where they put asterisks on certain letters so he's Spurman. <laughs> where is it? Yeah, because they didn't want to get sued. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cracking crack open a beer bottle with his ear. <laughs> <laughs> so, so th th this is actually a very adult continuation of where Mad Magazine was at this point, I guess, six or seven years prior. And they, they did, I think there were like six or seven of these Goodman Beaver episodes that, that, they, that they wound up doing. But this one in particular, uh, lawsuits, you will never see it reprinted again. So you either try to get this copy of help magazine or you get one of these um both you can find they're not outrageously rare or expensive and you too can go ahead and revel in basically something that pissed off archie yeah <laughs> when they had some some legs right exactly so um you know once again and, and by the way saying this for adults only it was true in terms of where what it was they were trying to do with this. This was not aimed at children in any way, shape, or form. Right. This feels so ahead of its time, though. I, I feel like you would see, like, parental warnings on for us on, like, cassettes and stuff when we were kids. And it yes. was like, that meant you wanted it. You know, right, exactly, exactly, which is why they did that. Look, kids, hey, boys and girls. So so this whole anti-authoritarian thing kind of, it, it just, just permeated every single page of this magazine. All right, so... One of the interesting things that you find in Help Magazine was that the old underground cartoonists were in here. And, and they're, they're long students of Harvey Kurtzman. They grew up on, on Mad, Mad Comics. Right, they so, were very influenced. So they're following Harvey Kurtzman wherever he goes. Uh, you know, they're, they're a part of early fandom. Uh, you, you could hear Robert Crumb talk about the first time he saw He actually saw um, an issue of Humbug, uh, the one with the spring on the cover right uh on a, on an actual newsstand like the problem with humbug was it got no distribution but it got drips and drabs yeah uh so these people these old cartoonists they were following kurtzman's career so when help comes along this is even pre uh marvel comics like like this sort of second wave of, of, right. of right comic books so if you were into comics there's very little uh very few places you could go to to get your stuff put in print and it just turned out that that Kurtzman you know took a shine to some of these boys yep absolutely so we'll go through this real quick but I, I just want to talk about the cover just for a second all right so at this, so this is 1965 the Beatles were hot and guess what their number one song was at the time yeah help okay help and so to show them without the hair because the hair people it's difficult to explain to people the controversy they had, when that first Meet the Beatles album came out in the United States, and their hair was over their ears. I mean, it was, you, you just would not. The, 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 the cultural battleground that that started was just unbelievable. So going through here. I just see. love that that's like proto-Photoshop, where guys actually had to bust out real airbrushes and things. So oh, here. Man, this is classic. This, this, yeah. this Jay Lynch piece was uh, published in comics by Les Daniels. 
super influential piece to me. And here is Skip Williamson. Yeah. All right. So this is Chicago crew, man. Bijou comics. Right. So health public gallery. So he paid people, people would send this stuff in and Jay Lynch got in here. Skip Williamson was in here. Crumb had some stuff, but that is not. Uh, yeah, dude, this is that, this is the two page. It, it yes. go, go to the page previous. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make. Ed Piskor and Jim Rugg are Eisner Award-winning cartoonists who are applying all of the stuff that they're learning from the comics they check out on Cartoonist Kayfabe to their own craft. Uh, right now, today, uh, the new works by me, Ed Piskor, are uh, the Red Room series of comics. The Antisocial Network is a trade paperback that collects the 2021 season of Red Room material. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in the Red Room series, and the current season of comics is called Trigger Warnings. In March, uh, the Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one saw the light of day. Uh, every issue is completely self-contained, and forthcoming on a monthly basis will be further issues. This is the cover you want to look for uh, when you hit the comic book shops. In April, you could see due to paper shortages and print delays, we were not allowed to uh, change our files. So disregard that January uh, statement right there. April comes, Red Room Trigger Warnings, issue number two. Uh, in the bibliography, Rising Tide Raises All Ships. Here are some other books in my bibliography that you could get your hands on that are still in print. WYSIWYG, Portrait of a Serial Hacker. X-Men Grand Design. Three volumes of that. And Hip Hop Family Tree. Four volumes of this comic are uh, freshly in print. It, it was out of print for a little while, but thanks to uh, the cartoonist Kayfabe audience, we rushed this sucker back to print. Coming March 30th, uh, Hulk Grand Design Monster, and in April, Hulk Grand Design Madness, where Jimmy's taken the entire history of the Incredible Hulk and distilling it down into two 40-page volumes of Grand Design comics. These are some of the other variant comic covers that you're going to be able to find on the racks. The Ed Piscor variant, Peach Momoko, Marcos Martin for that first issue of Hulk Grand Design. And for Madness, got that Jeff Darrow cover, Ed McGinnis. The books that Jim has currently in print, Plain Janes, and Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. Uh, scoop these comics up. We love seeing these numbers rise on the Amazon rankings, and we love hearing from the publishers that we have to go back to press. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. This is the crumb strip that uh, he sent to Kurtzman. Got a very encouraging letter. Uh, I love this strip, but I don't know that we won't get arrested for, for publishing it. <laughs> And uh, this is an era, it, the printing is actually just because of the dot gain of the newsprint. You could find better versions of this, like in, in the Fantagraphics books. But this was uh, an era where he wasn't actually even doing penciling, you know, drawing straight rapidograph. Yeah. And it's this beautiful two-page sequence before he started to do his uh, hooked up with Ballantyne and had the, had the paperback stuff. Man, that's a wild piece of comics history. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, here at the bottom it says, you know, gets, uh, the poor girl gets real close taken off, says, Now be patient, my sweet. Them little fleas are hard to get a hold of. <laughs> so, and here's... What's the date on that? 64? Yeah. 
64. And then uh, a little further on, just to show you how. Oh my goodness, I see the sketchbook. You have Wonder Warthog. You have Gilbert Shelton, also in here. And um, he he gets he gets a big treatment. Yeah, he he was big right away. He he had a number of these multi-page Wonder Warthog stories that that went that went through help. And also at the same time, he was also in the drag racing mag yeah. um, comics. Yeah, this is that very like uh, I forget what the company is that that Gene Deitch kind of helmed. Uh, it was it United Artists UA something like that. I don't know if that's it or not. But but you could see the influence from from that kind of style, that Mr. Magoo kind of era of like 50s animation. I have a really good book on that that we should look at at some point on the should channel. Keep, should keep going because I saw some yeah. of the sketchbook stuff. In yeah, here. no, no, no. Um, uh, so here. You know, following Gilbert Shelton, here is the assignment that Robert Crumb was given to go into Harlem and do reportage. Yes, and there, there and is that famous photo. Right. You never see right. this thing reprinted with the actual, like, sketchbook paper from the top. And so, uh, and this is something that, that Help did. They, they sent Paul Coker and Arnold Roth to, like, Moscow and oh, London. That, that's so, cool. That's so, cool. That's... So, so this is part of a longer series in Help where they would send cartoons to do what was called at the time reportage. So um, you would go, you would experience, you would, you know, you would draw what you saw. Liza Donnelly does this now, you know, she does live stream drawing. It's the same thing, except that it wasn't live stream. They, they printed the whole thing up. So this is a multi-page spread. I don't you know, has this ever been reprinted? I don't know. It's in, uh, I've seen it in comics by Les Daniels and, and there, there were some, some sort of reprints uh, at some point. There's one bit, oh yeah, uh, it's the first time I ever saw Astro Boy yeah. uh, written, and, and and it's documenting like proto super early kind of Kilroy type graffiti. Well, not only that, but also at this time, Astro Boy had come over. Tezuka's cartoon had come over to the United States. I well, sure, seeing yeah. It. yeah. Okay, when I was a kid, and it was totally different than anything else that was out there. Right. This is one of those like real, real sort of poignant strips where there's like the big new uh, project tower and then the old kind of fire trap ones and the lady on this side is like how is it on that the the bad side of the tracks and all that stuff and you know they're in their barbed wire and all this this is your this is your proof of how like the same conversations have just been going on for decades totally yeah totally and and uh, you know these uh, you know once again look at the way they reproduced it they went right off of his sketchbook yeah i love that choice yeah yeah, like in the reprints that I've seen, it's like it's too bad that they take that part away. It looks so good in a magazine, you know, with that black border around mm -hmm. it. It's it's a really nice feature. Yeah, so all of this is in complete Chrome Comics. There's not one piece missing yeah. from probably volume number three, if I had to guess. Right. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. somewhere maybe around two. There. Yeah. Yeah, and and but th this is where you know Chrome between this and doing the greeting cards, this is where he really got his start. And as you can tell, there were a lot. We've already talked about three or four different underground cartoonists that Kurtzman had gone ahead and... Fantastic, they're all in the same issue. Yes, right. That's, that's so cool. Plus, this is the Beatles issue, so this one's a little harder to find than the rest of them. Um, yeah, I bet this is the most expensive one. Well, expense is relative. I mean, you know, the typical one of these is 10 to $15. It's right, not a lot of money. This but is they, this a lot one, of marks. Yeah, 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 it really is. So... Um, yeah, I wanted anyway. to see this for a second. I don't know how they make that halftone. It's it's the photo step machine. There are different screens that you can put sort of in between. So, so you could 
have chosen bigger dots, smaller dots, and uh, concentric, concentric circles. circles. Yeah. All right. So there's one piece of. <laughs> and meanwhile, if you're at home, you have no idea what we're pointing at. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it, looks, it looks pretty smooth. Is is that Will Elder or is that? No, no, that's not Will Elder. It doesn't look like. We talk about pop culture. All right. Here's another piece. So first, I want to go into uh, just the cover of this, just how controversial this cover would have been. So here it is, these two people at the beach, they're kind of schmoozing. This guy's getting darker and darker, okay? Kisses the woman, and then all of a sudden, he's taken away by the clan. <laughs> you know, like the influence of this, uh, you can you can feel it in um, National Lampoon magazine that would yes. have fumetti's, and it would have these like interpersonal things, and, and, and push some buttons. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's a good point, because the next one to really take up this mantle was National Lampoon in the 70s. Yeah. Okay. So in here, and I want to talk about another touchstone of popular culture. And this is basically an anti-clan piece, so don't people don't get upset out there. This is Terry Gilliam. Yes. And there's another Fumetti where John Cleese of Monty Python was in it. And this is how they met was through Harvey Kurtzman. And this helped, this was a genesis point for Monty Python's Flying Circus. So, underground comics, Monty Python's Flying Circus, you can't say enough about, and Gloria Steinem, you can't say enough about what's going on in terms of pop culture and the future of pop culture from this magazine. Like an incubator. Oh my God, talent. it's unbelievable. So, this is a whole... Um, so th th this is basically them imagining what a recruitment thing would be like for the KKK. And by the way, this stuff has really hasn't changed, okay? It, they're not the Klan today. You can say QAnon or what have you. The Klan is for all the family. It's great to be alive in a Klansman. This could, you know, there's, there's all this stuff. And oh, by the way, some of the real promotional material doesn't look that much off than this. Um, a, a lot of stuff hasn't gone away, and this is 60 years old. Flip the page. I, I saw them. Yeah. It looks like they're monetizing the crumb sketchbooks or something. No, no. This was all. It's it's still part of that. So, yes. So, oh, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. So this is all. This is still Terry Gilliam. Yeah. 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 You know what? The reason I, that, that these pieces are in uh, comics by Les Daniels also. Does that look like Luna Vachon? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so here's, and by the way, Terry Gilliam also became an amazing director. I mean, he's made some of my, my favorite films. Okay. Brazil was just, and then here's Wonder Warthog. You just see Shelton leveling up more and more. Oh yeah. No, no. His, it, it, he's almost fully formed when you go through the later issues of this. And this is one of the last issues. And, and this is all. Uh, social commentary stuff, Lynch rule in South, wanton violence, North atrocities in Asia. You know, again, even in the Wonder Warthog stuff, this is all very political and social. So, see, and, you know, it gives them nice spreads, you know, six pages. Yeah, that's plenty. Of, that's a yeah, lot of absolutely. So, um, and there's more comic stuff here in the back. I don't know who did this. The fact that Paul Coker's in there is pretty interesting. He's becomes a staple of Mad Magazine. Well, and Paul Coker did a ton of work here. Oh, that's right. Also in here. So where is it? That's right. The other reason why I pulled this one is... I know Crumb would show up in some of the Fumetti's. He's right there. Ah, uh, that's so fine. <laughs> okay. So this is the one he's in. That's cool. He's in... A he looks so uncomfortable, too, in a room full of long hairs. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why he was there. Um, let me 
me see. No, nope, not there. And oh yeah, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> of course, next to the lady with the brazier. Yeah, right. exactly. So you know, Crum Crum was was part of this whole scene. So probably had to make a trip to New York, a special trip to New York to like be in the Fumetti. Right. And so um, Kirsten, being who he is, he'd already done uh, this with Mad. He put out a couple of compendiums. Yeah, paperbacks, and he had his own paperbacks also. Yeah, his like, own like, right. like Jungle, Jungle Book. Jungle Book, right. And worth noting for people today of a certain age, you know, younger than us, like these paperbacks were just ubiquitous. Like yes. it was such a popular format for everything. Uh, well, well into well into the late '80s, early '90s, and then then those spinner racks went away. The distribution went away, and um, but um, Peanuts was published by this. Yes. All kinds of people. The Mad, all the Mad paperbacks starting in the early '50s were were published like this. So anyhow, and and these are readily available. The, these are you know, the, and and it's really cool to get it. Yeah, very much a mass medium format, the, that paperback at the time. A absolutely. But like I said, in terms of going through it, if you don't have a good background in 1950s, 1960s politics, pop culture, and society, a lot of what's going to go on in these things is going to go right past you. Yeah. So I, I feel like Humbug has that as well. There's a lot of yes, like, timely material exactly. there. That's, that's, that's Kurtzman's humor in a nutshell. It just... It just you, there's little gems that you could like sort of pull from and sort of like understand. And it's basically the same stuff that like guys like Mel Brooks were able to exploit and, and use like in their p movie parodies and stuff. But then there's that other Borscht Belt kind of sensibility that's just, it, it's, it's, it's lost to the ages. It's, it's, right. it's a vaudevillian. It's yeah. mm -hmm. that slowly I turned Niagara Falls yeah, shit yeah. that, People tell me it was funny back at about 1900, but I don't, I don't know about that now, you know? Right, right, right. Well, and uh, um, it's, by the way, to someone like me, it's all brilliant. Uh, Slowly because, I turned? Well, <laughs> well, no, the Three Stooges did a good one on that. How about Lucy? Okay. Did you see that one? That's right, that's right, the Lucy <laughs> one, Everybody right? Everybody yes. did it. Everybody did it. And every time I saw it, it's like, oh, here's that thing again. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so there's Help Magazine. Um, as you can see, two Genesis points. One for the underground cartoonists, one for Monty Python, the Holy Grail. We'll throw uh, Gloria Steinem in there and, for, and, for uh... and Gloria Steinem. So it's it's a to me it's a must have. You can't not have this. Yeah, man. And uh, Jim and I do not have it, man. So when Uncle Warren comes by, says he has the complete collection of Help Comics, we got to show this stuff off before we get out of here, Warren. Uh, let the people know what. Let the people know where they need to go. Uh, Small Press Expo, September 17th through 18th, uh, www.smallpressexpo.com. Yours truly is the executive director. Uh, hope to see you there. All right, Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design Monster Number 1 is coming to your comic shop this month. This is an ambitious retelling of 60 years of Incredible Hulk history, perfect for the longtime Hulk fan or the first-time reader. And you can join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug to see uh, a lot more of my comics and comics art. Red Room Comics are in the wild, man. Trigger Warnings is, uh, issue one is on the stands today. It's going to be coming out on a monthly basis for uh, the foreseeable future. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game, and every issue is completely self-contained. So if you see an issue, scoop it up. It gives you a complete story. You can read the comics on my Patreon before they hit paper. Uh, you can get to those links in my link tree in the description below this video. 
to uh, get your hands on all of this stuff. What else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics. Slowly I turned.